Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So I know that Father's Day could also be a somber time for for many folk. Um, I lost my father in 2007. He was only 57 years old. Um, he was my best friend. He was my road dog, my life, the rock of our family. My father was the center of, of all of our family. And uh, when we lost him, and my sister Jemaita's here, uh, I'm not lying. We really lost uh, a big, big chunk of our family that it almost like we had to reinvent who we were again because we were lost without him. Um, just a special, special man. I have many, not a perfect man, but he was a very special, special man. And um, I just, if I could be half of the man that my dad was, you know, it would, it, it would be amazing. Um, but I know that when Father's Day comes around, it's not always a happy time. We do have families here that, for whatever reason, can't spend time with dads. Or, or maybe there wasn't a dad that was present, or there was a dad that was absent. We know that there are many homes that have a, 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 they have a man in the house, but there's not a man of the house. And there's a big difference between the two. You can hear me? There's a lot of women that like, you know, shacking up with men and they bring them into the house and then the guy just becomes the man in the house, but he's not the man of the house. Um, and so as you are a kingdom man, do we have kingdom men in here? Okay. So, so we, we rely heavily and we teach heavily kingdom principles because kingdom principles erase and they eradicate anything that has to do with culture. So if you're a kingdom man, if you're a kingdom man, the fact that you are from Mexico, a Mexico man or a Puerto Rican man or wherever you may come from has, should have absolutely no impact over your family because uh, before a, a, a Puerto Rican, a Mexican, a black or a white man, you are a kingdom man. And a kingdom man is so far more valuable than anything else. Are you understanding that? Okay. So I wanted to have a conversation with my kids. And this was the time I was, was going to embellish the story. I was going to talk about Adrian. Go and then, and embellish the story. I'm not going to embellish. No, Please. we're not going to do Embellish that the story. So, so. In, in lieu of a teaching or in lieu of a message, I just wanted to have a conversation with Adrian and Alex. And I, I, Jose, I asked Jose if he could be here. He said, sure, I'll be there. And then he sent me a text from Honolulu said, oh, forgot, I'm on vacation from Hawaii. Yeah, so, so Bob was not with us. Um, yeah, what a bummer, right? But, um, but I, I wanted to have my kids here and, and I wanted to have just a, a conversation that regardless of where you are as a father, regardless of where you are as a father, I want to encourage you. There's always an opportunity for you to be better. Did you hear me? Wherever you are as a father, there is always an opportunity for you to be better. So, so I just want you to listen, pay attention. Uh, the, the children that are here, pay attention as we're talking. Moms, take some of this stuff back home with you. Those that are watching us online, we hope that it will bless you, even if it's just one nugget that you can take back today. But I wanted to get to talk to uh, Adrian. You are how old now? I am officially 30 years old. Officially 30 years old. Yes. Alexis? I'm 23. And Adrian, you've been married how long? 
Seven years. So Adrian's been married seven years. And uh, Alexis, you've been married? One year going on two. One year going on two? Yes. Yes, and, and, and it, you all know how hard it's been for me to let go. And I love David, but it's so hard. It really is. It's been so hard, man. You know, but I, I want you all to at least get to hear about the impact and the role of dad in the home. Okay. And uh, there are good times and there are bad times. Uh, there are times that we were, I was proud of and other times where I wasn't proud of. I just want to have this dialogue and hopefully you can take something with you. And, um, and, and, and hopefully this won't be too weird for you guys. All right. So you guys ready? Yeah. Yes. All right. So I have a. Ready is where we're gonna be. Yes. So I have a few. <laughs> I'm nervous, y'all. I'm so nervous. Don't be nervous. Nervous. Adrian, you are a father yourself. Yes, I'm a father myself. Yes. I can't believe it to this day. No, I can't believe it. No, I can't believe it. I, no. I, I wake up. Some. I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna kick it to you straight. Sometimes I, I wake up and then I walk around the house and I'm like, Wow, I'm responsible for all this. <laughs> Oh, believe me, and I asked the same question. He's responsible for all of that. Hey, but, but we get through it, right, babe? <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm going to ask some questions. These questions, they, they can be a bit hard. And sometimes as I was writing these questions, I write them the way I think sometimes, and sometimes the way I think it's, it's a mess. So please, if the question, uh, Jessica, you help me, and guys, if, if I'm asking a question, it, it makes no sense. Could you say, rephrase that, yell it out? No, okay? I, I won't. You're gonna, I we will tell both you let you know too. if we don't understand <laughs> the question. All right. So, um. Yes, we do. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so I'm going to start with the, the, the very, the very first question. Um, how old were you when you left the house? How old were you when you left the house? How old was I when I left the house? Yes. I was 21. 21. 21. Okay. And why did you leave the house? I was getting married. And my dad didn't want us living there. You asked. Huh. I did ask. I was like, yo, Pop, you think we could just, you know, just crash here for a bit because I'm trying to get married? And he was like, no. Yeah, but I'm trying to buy a house at Sam. No. Okay. Oh, God. Um, nah, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> there's, a, there's only one man of the house in my family. <laughs> right? You ain't going to have two. All right, so so how old were you when you moved out? Uh, 21, 22. 21, 22. And again, that's when I got married. Did you let me ask the question? I don't, what did I? But you got ahead of me. So was, when did you move out the house? 21 oh, to 22 years old. Was it 21 or 20? Yeah, you don't remember. I don't it was remember. a year ago, right? Year I think it was two. 22 because okay. I, I was in August and then I got married in October. So 22. Okay, so you moved out the house to get married. Yes. Okay. The Bible says that we are to train the child in the way that he should, in the way that he should go. go. Uh, unfortunately, many of us as parents have made the mistake that what we train up the child is in what career to have. We don't teach our children what way to go. We teach them what career to have. So there is such an emphasis on school and academics and your job. So we teach our children that they're going to move on to have a job. And then, so they get the job, they get the career first, hoping that everything else is gonna fall in place, but you never teach the children in the, um, 
the uh, process of what a husband should be, what a wife should be, what that ought to look like. So then they're trying to figure it out on the back end. And usually it's a mess. And I tell you it's a mess because I get to talk to many couples and oh my goodness, what a mess. So let me ask you, Adrian. Yes. So you moved out at 21. Moved out at 21, yeah. All right. And when did you become a dad? I was a dad at 18. Okay, so that math doesn't add up. Doesn't. Right. So you, it's, uh, you, it's, you subtract now. So. Now we have to subtract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I was a father at 18. And that's where I had this beautiful gift right there, Adrian. Adrian! Uh-huh. So, and my dad, just so y'all know, wasn't, you know, the happiest dad at that moment. Oh, whoa, No, when whoa. it happened, when whoa. it, when, you know, when I did my thing. Yeah, but you, you just... Okay. Oh, was I not supposed to jump? That's fine. Okay. That's fine. But let's explain. So you had your son at yes, 18, 18. And you weren't married. I, wa- I, I wasn't married. I was still in his house. I was being very irresponsible. Uh-huh. Ir- irris- ear? Like ear? It's okay. It's okay. okay. Yeah, whatever. Irresponsible. Yeah. They got you. They Yo, speak I'm, Adrian. I'm up here. All right? Yeah, they speak Adrian. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was very irresponsible and stuff. And, yeah. Um... <laughs> No, and, were, and and I was a father in high school. I was a I was a father in high school. Out of wedlock. Out of wedlock, yeah. and I was living out of my dad's house. How was that experience for you? Oh, homeboy wasn't playing no games. Uh, nah, I wasn't playing no games. No, 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 no games, man. It was like, hey, you gonna take care of that son? And and, and that always stuck with me. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Just talk to me. Um. As, as you had this child out of wedlock and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not married. This is a teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, how was that? How did your parents take it? I mean, it was, it was hard. You know, they, they took it hard. But, right. I mean, at the same time, they were strong. They were stern. Uh-huh. But then at, at, at times, they were strong for me, too. You know, especially in the times that I needed. And um, how how did Dad manage that situation? Yo, you better get a job. <laughs> <laughs> get a job, son. Hey, you still my son? You, you still you still my son? But because of your decisions and because what what you you did and stuff. Hey, man. Now you're gonna have to work a little harder. So, um, but I still had a home. Yep. Still had a home. I was still fed. I just had to work and I had to pay weekly to stay <laughs> stay home. Life changed. Yeah, life changed quick, life man. Changed. That should be that commercial. The yeah. life comes at you fast one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, that, did you ever feel that dad stopped loving you? Oh, nah. Huh? Nah. Were we in church? Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. I thought I was going to get sat down. I was playing at the on the drums that time and boy, you, boy, you better play. It was one of it was one of those moments, <laughs> but but my dad never like took me away from church. Didn't take me away from. In fact, he didn't take me away from anything. It was just yo, make sure you handle yours, you know, make sure you you be responsible, you know, you you handle the things that you're supposed to handle now because now you have a son. Um, you you kind of enlisted or signed up to play big boy games so i want yeah. to make sure that you understood and i think one of the problems that happens is that sometimes 
when our kids get into certain situations, we, we, we continue to want to parent our children the same way as if they were still children. And we have to remember that as parents, we are, we're, we're always parenting our children in this specific season that they find themselves. And we have to allow them to grow and not be an obstacle along their journey. Their journey is not your journey, Pop, Mom, right. you hear me? Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, so we help navigate them. We help navigate them. However, we still have to put some tough boundaries in place that say, your son, your daughter, and I'm dad, okay? Or, and mom, and on and on. But, but it's, it's not like, hey man, it's just, we're gonna make it up, we're gonna figure it out, and no, we gotta have some, some real, you know, parameters in place. And, and even then, I was, kind of, I was stubborn. I was, I was a stubborn 18-year-old thinking I knew it all. So I was clashing with Pops a lot, thinking, again, thinking you that- you clashing with yourself. Okay, I'm not- Yeah, not with me. All right, all right, calm You would lose all that right, one. Calm down. <laughs> but I also started to learn, though, too. In the midst of all that, I started. I, I was learning. It, it, it took me a little bit longer, but it was just I, I was learning. Like, oh gosh! I, and it was like every time I got to a moment that my my, my father was warning me about, I get to it, and then it was like, mm, I told you so. But he wasn't even there. He wasn't even present. It's just I, I heard it up here. I, I felt it right here. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, Ugh. so let me ask you these questions. Let me run through these questions real quick. How often do you find yourself? Reflecting on your childhood to manage a present, a current situation. How often do you find yourself, do you find yourself reflecting on, and this is the stuff I heard, or this is stuff that I remember when I was a kid. Yeah, simply is close the door. <laughs> Boy, you better close that door. Close that, it don't close by itself. But that's me talking to my kids now, and I'm like, damn, sound just like this guy. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. But it gets deeper than that. It do, it does get deeper than that. But it's it's just the, it's the subtle it's the subtleties. You know what I'm saying? So like even even in life, life making making big life decisions. Yeah. Dang, you know what what would my father do? You know, of course I don't want to call him because he went oh, which <laughs> which you, you, you need my advice now? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Every day. And I call you. You do? I do. Yeah. Like, Dad, what should so, I do? So, yeah, we, we don't stop being kids at, yeah. at that, you know? Yeah. It's funny because Alexis will call me, right, for some daddy advice, and David will be right behind her, like, yeah, what should we do? You ain't my son, man. You better go get your dad. <laughs> it All is right. true. Right, but, but let me ask you, and, and how vital was the model at home, the model you had at home, how vital was it or how important was it to your happiness today? So vital. So vital. I remember you telling me that besides work and church, you got to make time for your family and your wife and your yeah, spouse, your yeah. significant other. And as I left my parents' house and moved in with my husband, that's all I say. Babe, mm -hmm. church, we went to church, we prayed, we did our job, we did worked our 40 hours. Let's sit down and have time for ourselves. Uh, and, and not and, and just to add on to I'm that. I'm sorry, but hold on. This this week or last week, you and David, yeah, were. Got... Oh, we completed a 300 piece puzzle. <laughs> millennials, guys, millennials, working on a puzzle together. That was our second one. That's we're we're gonna bump up to 500. 
We're better. I, I wanted to add on to what she said, but I remember just, he showed me how to treat like a woman, a wife. You know what I'm saying? Because I, re I remember at one point, me and my brother, we were acting up. We were a lot younger then. And, and I remember my dad looked at us stern and he was, he was like, hey, don't be talking to my wife like that. All right. Yeah, let me stop it. Let me stop there real quick. This is a principle that I wanted to teach my children early. Yeah. I wanted to teach my, my children early that my wife, my wife was the most precious thing to me mm -hmm. in the house. Not the children. Yeah. My wife. Right. Did you hear me? That, did you hear me? Many, many times we get that wrong. Yep. We make the children more precious than the spouse. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Wrong. So I wanted my children to understand the most vital, the most important person in this house to me is mama. So if I ever heard a tone or ever heard well, anything that. that sounded disrespectful, <sighs> I never addressed it as, don't you be disrespectful to your mama. It was, don't you disrespect my wife. Yeah, it was. And it, it, it made and me and my brother feel like we wasn't even a part of them. <laughs> no. Uh, what? No, no, no. But but listen. But but listen. But listen. No. But but check this out. It's funny because I'm actually in the same season with my boys. I have a ten and, and an eleven year old, and I'm I'm all about hey, we take care of our women. All right, that's your sister. That, that, that I'm still working on that one. But <laughs> but mom, um, Gana, Baba. Adrian's mother and stuff. So we, we like we, we we're really stern on like this is how we handle our like this, we take care of our women. You hear me? No disrespect. Other than that, and that's you know we're gonna have to talk. And and Alex, she was on the receiving end of that respect and that honor. And I was teaching the males in the house that they had to honor mama and they also had to honor their little sister. And we did not understand Period. that. <laughs> at, at the time, but when you guys grow up, y'all will. Trust me, you will. It, it'll make all sense. No, because listen, I love my sister. I was actually, I what? We, we're, we're up last night on FaceTime just we were. cracking up. Yo, Definitely. I you not, cracking up. But that's because that's what, what you guys put in our lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there, there should be, there should exist. If you are, a, a God-fearing husband, a God-fearing wife, God-fearing mother, God-fearing father, there should be no sibling rivalry in your house. It shouldn't exist. Are you listening? It, it shouldn't exist. The reason there's a lot of sibling rivalry as adults and many families, it's because of the model in the home. So again, when you're teaching and training up the child in the way that you, they should go, you're teaching your children early what their future relationship is going to be to each other when they are adults. And I wanted to make sure that they loved little sister and that little sister respected. One of the things we also did was that I enforced that whenever dad was not around. I had to be with my brothers. Yeah, and, and they were your authority. Yeah. That's, that's the same, that's the but same thing was, for Jaylen. But they weren't. <laughs> but they weren't. I was, I was the boss. Uh, next. Uh, tell me quickly about your, tell me quickly about your childhood in church growing up as quickly as you can. Childhood in church. Uh, all I can remember is serving. Yeah. Serving. Served a lot. We were sleeping under benches. <laughs> what did you like most about going to church as a kid? 
What did I like most about it yeah. as a kid? As a kid, what did you like most in your childhood about going to church? I love be, my friends. To, to be completely honest, I didn't like okay. it at all. Okay. I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it because we were there a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was, that was our life. Yeah. But other than that, it, it, it had to be like the relationship. Relationships yeah, with, that we with, made with friends, yeah. with our church family, with our church mm -hmm. friends. So you you got married at what age? Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Where did you meet Where did you meet your husband? 21. Church. When I was a child. <laughs> what church? PDH. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was our childhood my childhood church. church. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So your husband, your husband was under that same roof. Yeah. yeah. In that church. Mm -hmm. Just as I was serving, he was serving right along us. Yeah. A lot of problems, again, we expect our children to find love in college. We expect our children to find love, you know, in a field that's that's something um, uh, uh, in, in equal proportion to what the other one may have. And I would tell you that if you look at scripture in the Bible, um, the couples in the Bible, when you look at when you look at Moses, when you look at Jacob and on, where did they find their mate? They found their mate alongside of a well. A well. What's in the well? Living water. I will tell you the reason we bring our children to the church is not just so that they can hear those wonderful fond memories, the Bible, Bible stories and everything. I'm telling you, the Bible says that, that, that listen, that he who finds a wife finds a what? A good thing. Many of our young ladies today are waiting to get some freedom to go to a nightclub to find their significant other. And I'm telling you right now, look for your hubby. Let, if you're a lady, allow yourself to be found, okay? But allow yourself to be found in God's time, but also alongside of the well. Be as close as you can to the well to find your significant other. Because I, I got news for you. A lot of times you're going to work so much harder. You're going to work a lot harder because many people marry outside of the well and then they get married and then they want to drag their husband or drag their significant other and make them drink of the water in the well. And let me tell you, that's a lot of work. So with you guys, your childhood was very important for you and that it was in the church. Where did you find your spouse? Church. Where? Where? Church. In your church. Yep. Yeah. So, so it was in the well, alongside of the well. And I'm telling you, that's where I found my wife. I didn't find my wife at the, at the nightclubs. In fact, when I met Becky, when I met Becky, I'm going to tell you the story. Because <laughs> Becky was, she was not a Christian. She was not. She wasn't a she Christian. She was turning up. Yeah, she was turning up. But listen, my wife, Becky, I would pick her up, and we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. And I remember, I remember dropping her off where she can go ahead and shake her booty at the dance place. I said that, yeah. Shake your booty in the dance place. And and then and then I would I was teaching my wife, I'm gonna drop you off there, but I'm gonna go to the well. And I went to the well. And what happened was that what I established was I I'm you're not gonna drag me out. You're not gonna influence me out of the well into what you're doing just because I like you and I think you hot. And you're gorgeous and all of those things. No, I taught my wife, if if you want a part of me, then you're going to have to come into the well. Becky dove in like Michael Phelps into the well. Because <laughs> she wanted this. 
All right, settle down. <laughs> settle down. Adrian, how do you yeah. separate yourself from being like your dad and be it's, it's hard. and be you to your children and be a, a, a husband? How, how do you separate me? How do so, you separate so dad? I, I had to find that through Christ. Okay. No, I had I, I and that was by forming my own relationship. And with my own relationship, I established my own identity. Now I have a lot of basic principles that I've picked up from just not only just you, but mom too and stuff. But um yeah, it was it, it was very hard because for for a minute everything was just just like my dad, just like my dad, just like my dad. But then it's like as I as I further develop my relationship with, with God and stuff, it was like, and it's not a bad thing, not a bad because you, you're not a bad. I'm person. not a bad guy. No, you're not. You're not. Your face is a little different, <laughs> but <right>. but <laughs> but establishing that relationship with God first and stuff, I started to find my voice. And then all the things that my dad was telling me and stuff, I was like, ah, okay. All the things he was showing me because he didn't just read the Bible to me. It wasn't just scripture every day. He was showing me. He was involved with our community. And, and I'm not talking about like with the PAL Center. No, not, not like that. Like he was out there with people. He was out there with my friends, you know, like kids. You know what I'm saying? Learning people's names and stuff. Like kids coming over to the house. What, playing is Mortal, Mike, is Mortal Mike Kombat? Here? Mike? Mike's not here. Mike's not here. All right, that's two Sundays for Mike. I'm yeah. <laughs> he watching now. I bet he watching. <laughs> watch it, Mike. That's two Sundays. He about to log out now. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike was your childhood friend. Yeah, yeah. Ch yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's right. So childhood friend. Yeah. And um, from high school. From high school, yeah. Yeah. But I, it, I made it a point as dad to know who my kids were with. Who they were speaking with? Where yeah. did they live? I wanted to know their names, and yeah. it was important. But that's something I also inherited. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like all the teachings that that you guys done and put in my life. I didn't just throw away and stuff. I'm like, okay, that works. You know what I'm saying? I, I see that because as as my kids, I'm out there. I'm out there all the time. Hey, what's your name, buddy? Oh, Bentley. Oh, this is that. Oh, this is that. Okay, cool, cool. It was it was important for me. I know that Becky didn't have a a father in her home or that figure in her home and and I had to I had to learn that there were some there were some things that Becky or Becky would have certain reactions and I could and I could sense it that it was the absence of a role model or a father figure in the home where that was coming from and now that we had a girl in the house I, it was different because I had to remind Becky honey listen I know you didn't have daddy I know you didn't have daddy but you got to give me an opportunity to fill that role in her life. You can't rob me from that opportunity because you didn't have it. So you have to allow me to be to, to be what I need to be to Alexis as a as a male. So let me ask you, um, Alexis, as a female, all right. Did you pick up traits from your dad? Did I? I mean, look at this. I'm all my dad. All my dad. Yes. Sure did. <laughs> I love you, Mom. I do. Well, yeah. I'm on him. Yeah. Yes. And 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 it's important because even when you go, even in your relationship now with your husband, there are times that even your husband. Oh my can God, tell he'll you. be like, "Ew, you're your dad." I'm like, "What you want me to do about it?" 
mean, you love this. Yeah, David. Right, right babe? David. <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Um, how, oft, how often do you find yourself, um, okay, you heard, and, and time is, is, is going okay. quickly. You heard, you've heard me say many times, and the church has heard me say, that the first 12 years of my marriage was a living H-E-L-L. It was yeah. a hell, okay? I, I, it was in our home. Um, 12 years into our marriage, Becky and I had an abusive relationship. Becky wrote me two letters in, in life, okay? When we were dating, she wrote me a letter because she, she wanted to be with all of this. And then 12 years later, she wrote me another letter that said, I want to leave all of that yeah. and, and I want a divorce, okay? Um, do you? I believe, I believe I do. I, I recalled the second letter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. all right. Do you remember that part in our life? It was rough. Yeah. yeah was what rough. do you remember? It was, it was like the, the muffled sounds of screaming because you guys were in your room and stuff. And me and my brother was like, yeah, they're really getting into it, huh? But yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot of arguing, a lot of disagreements and stuff. One was going at 100, another was going at 1,000. Right? Yeah. 1,000 was usually big. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and how did you guys feel as kids? Confused. A uh, little, little, little confused, confu confusion. Why? Because it's like, dang, we just went to Disney World <laughs> and we just got back and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Or we just went to Dutch Wonderland and stuff and then we got back and it's like, mm. oh, I thought we were happy, mm -hmm. you know? So, and then next, you know, you hear all the screaming in the room and stuff. And, and, and as kids, how did that make you feel? How did you feel? I don't remember a lot except for the yelling and the screaming, and I know that we did spend time with you. Um, but uh, it made me feel hurt because I was like, we go to church and you talk about love, but I don't see the love because all I see is anger. You're getting emotional? Yeah, I'm getting emotional. Sorry. I'm a female. <laughs> Show me some love. Got you, girl. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, and of the three kids, my son, Papa, was the most affected. Um, I live with that guilt as a dad because, uh-huh. <laughs> now, yeah, so my son, the eldest, was the one that, he, he received the brunt of a lot of my anger, my frustration, because he loved his mom and he wanted to defend her always. And if I were raising my voice, uh, Adrian would punk out like a kid and he would run and hide. But Adrian, uh, but Papa would confront me. He would remind me of what he heard in church. And he would say, he would say to me, how are you in church trying to teach others and trying to be, because I was coming to church. I was being, I, I, I could do the church thing, but I wasn't doing the church thing in the house. And Papa, my son would remind me of those um insufficiencies in my life um, and as a result of that he was at the brunt of a lot of my anger um, and he suffered a lot he suffered now I'm not saying that you guys did 
He, he saw the very first note. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Um, do you guys remember when things started to change in the house? Yeah, I actually do. I, I remember hearing the glass shatter you know, uh -huh. from downstairs, and we was at the house that you guys are currently living in. I remember hearing the glass shatter. I think that was mom. Sorry, mom. I don't mean to put you out there. But, um, and then bam, the door shut. Only one of my parents were home, and and the, yeah. And that day, like me and Papa, we were just in our room and stuff, and, and it was it was like, what is going on? Cause I remember even telling, going to school, telling my parents, my my, my friends and stuff. I think I think uh, I think my parents might be getting a divorce. Mind you, that was only like what. Third, third or fourth grade or something. Well, for me. Well, yeah, you were there six times. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> this is a, just make it. I have but to make no, it light, no, I no, make no, light I, of the I, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so guys, again, we had church in our home but God wasn't in our home. Let me say that again. We had church in our home, but God wasn't in our home. Just like many couples, they have church in their marriage, but they don't have God in their marriage. Are you listening? And there are many fathers that go to church, but there are fathers that don't have God. And there are many moms that go to church, but they don't have God. And that was us. That was our family. Yeah. It was a mess. My sister is in the back, and she could also um, confirm all of this stuff and the mess that we had in our home. My father was a pastor of a church, and I thought that I had it all together, and I was lashing out at my kids. I wasn't happy. Um, these guys suffer. And I don't bring this all up because I want them to be looked at with, with kind of pity or anything. But, but I want you guys... All right, let me pause here. When did you guys start to experience that something, there was a good change happening at home? Do you remember? I don't know exactly when, and this is kind of yeah, mixed up it. in the timeline. Mom, sorry for bringing this up, but there was a time after my, my uncle passed. And, what did you and, get? and it was a bunch of crying. I thought, that's another argument. Here we go again. And it was like 3 or 2 a.m. or something. Yeah. And, um, but then you guys were both there. And then it was like, from that moment on, it was like, it seemed like peace. You know what I'm saying? It was like. It was basically like that. I need you. Basically, you need me. We need each other. Yeah. So during our, the hardest part of our marriage when we were now we had separated all right we decided that we we're gonna live in the same house so that we for the sake of the kids until we figure out what was gonna happen but for three years how many years how many years how many years for three years I we went through a process of trying to heal our marriage and fix our marriage it didn't happen overnight listen it didn't happen overnight we had to work on it, and it was a lot of work. For three years, Becky and myself, we were separated. And when I say we were separated, 
We were separated for three years in the same house. And my wife was always gorgeous looking. And three years separated. I don't know if I can emphasize. Come three, on, man. Y'all picking up on this, man? Three it's years. It's Father's Day. All right, come on. All right. Uh, we, have kids in, we have kids in the room. We have kids in the room. But listen, but in those three years, I met God. Listen, I met God. And the reason I want to bring all this up and, and what he brought up was during the during the, the peak of our separation, my brother, my brother-in-law was only 23 years old. My brother-in-law committed suicide. And we received a phone call. He committed suicide uh, at two o'clock in the morning um, the day after Christmas. The day after Christmas, we had spent Christmas together. Two o'clock that morning, I get a phone call that this young boy, uh, young man had committed suicide. Now I, I received the information and I have to give that information to my wife who we are now separated. We're not in contact with each other. And during that time, before this happened, and um, before this happened, I had given my life to God, even though, again, I was going to church. Because of the divorce and the separation, I had to turn to God because I couldn't fix it. No one could fix it. And I remember turning to God and, and saying, God, can you, can you help me? Can you help me in my marriage? And I was in a Wednesday night, Wednesday night Bible study with the fellas. No, it wasn't a church service. It was just with the fellas. And one guy shared a scripture, a portion of scripture. And that scripture um, changed my life forever. So I started working on myself. I didn't work on my marriage. I worked on, who did I work on? Myself. Many of you guys are out there trying to fix your marriage. You're trying to fix the relationship, you know, in parenthood and, and on and on. And I would tell you, stop it. Work on self first. Fix self first. Be well first. Once you're well, then everything else is going to start falling into place. But it begins with you. It begins with, dad, if you're paying attention to me, Fathers, if you're paying attention to me, and there is strife, there is stress in your marriage uh, and parenthood, uh, whatever it may be, I will tell you, you make sure that you are wholesome, that you are whole, that you are complete, and you'll see how everything else falls into place. So what I decided to do was, since I had turned my life over to God and I wanted to make some changes, um, I took the opportunity, and instead of, Using that opportunity where now Becky had just lost her brother, I wanted to be sure that I was there to help my wife during this process of mourning the loss of her little brother. And, and it was a tough one because not only during this time did we lose um, little Louie, but then the mom and the dad and the stepdad at that time decided that they, they couldn't live in that same house. They needed somewhere to live. They moved in with us. So here I am now trying to figure out my marriage. I got my mom-in-law, I got a, the dad-in-law, they're all in the house, and it was a mess. But again, had I not had Jesus, had I not had God in my life, I don't know where we would be. When did you start noticing that, that God had come into your dad's life and that he was not that same person? 
When did you, when did, um, when was it for you? Then when I caught you doing the laundry. Y'all laughing, but I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. The smile on your face. Things were looking, looking up. Yeah. Are you guys listening? Yeah. I noticed the dishes were clean. You would say, I'm going to take care of your mom because your mom works hard all day. I'm going to do something for her. I was and, like, what? Yeah. My wife didn't have to tell me to do chores in the house. My wife didn't have to give me a list of tasks to take care of in the house because kingdom men do that. Kingdom men know what to do and they know how to be self-sufficient. Kingdom men know how to step up to every occasion. Kingdom men know that there's nothing in the house that the woman has to do or that the guy, there's no relegated, there's no relegated chores. Kingdom men, you step up and you do what needs to be done. Listen, thank you, George. Thank you, George. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, and what I mean about this is something as simple to them. They saw dad doing laundry. And then what did you think? What is going on? Yeah, say the same thing, yeah. <laughs> this is 12 plus years now. I had to tell myself, if my wife is going to leave me for another man, I will become that other man. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. yeah it's good. So, so what was Becky asking for at that time? Simple stuff. Help. Help in the house. I was, I was, I was there, but I wasn't present. I, I was, I was the man in the house, but I wasn't the man of the house. So, so I had to learn those things. And I, I and unfortunately the church wasn't teaching it. This is why we have such an emphasis on family, the role of a man, the role of a woman, the the role of a husband, the role of dad and, and moms. And, and, and the world is, is stripping that away from us, stripping it away from us. And, and we, as the church, we have this responsibility to listen, to help and strengthen and, and bring back these values. Listen, these values aren't conservative values or Republican values or Democratic values. They are kingdom principles. They are kingdom principles. So, you know, um, I'm doing I'm doing laundry and and what else like anything else that you guys are noticing prayers before I was, school? I was about to say I, I, I remember even just but like going to walk in your room and open the door and then see you in prayer uh -huh. or having this type of music <laughs> right just soaking in his presence and just seeing my dad do that yeah, it's different. yeah I, 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 I remember times asking oh, what's that <laughs> sleep <laughs> I was, I was really believing God and that God was going to show up in the house. I never forced my wife to go to church with me after that. I'd never, it was, it was all about me. I was going to give my life completely to God, over to God, and I was going to triumph. Lord, I'm just going to try this. See what starts to happen. Can I tell you, Becky had distant herself from me because of the man I had become. I was a man who yelled, I was a man who was very destructive. Every, every, you look through the doors, the doors had punch holes in them and, and, and there were holes on the wall and I, I would break things to show that I was stronger, you know, and, 
throw chairs. And, yes, but, but, but there was a lot of that at home. There was a lot of aggression. And, and all of those things are against a kingdom man. A kingdom man doesn't act like that, doesn't speak that way, doesn't conduct himself that way. And um, so when I started to do things as simple as grabbing laundry from one room, taking it into another one, putting it in a box, pushing a button, when I did that and I saw Becky's reaction, I saw Becky's reaction, I was like, well, I'm going to do that again. So now I was waiting for the dirt, the clothes to get dirty so that I could go ahead and grab the laundry, take it up to this room, put it in that box, put it in that box, push the button, and then I will see the reaction. And see, what I didn't, what, I, what I didn't take into account was that it's not that I was getting Becky's attention, but that my children were also watching that. They were paying attention to what was happening in the house. This is not normal behavior from this man. And it wasn't normal behavior, it was kingdom behavior. I, I wanted God's presence in my house. I wanted God's presence in my parenting. I wanted God's presence in my marriage. So that's what I decided to do was to turn my life over to God. Listen, surrender completely and say, whatever I was in the past, whatever my dad, listen, I don't want no part of that. I don't want to be that person. I want to be a new creation. And I was truly born again. I was truly born again. I wasn't perfect, but I was born again. So I started getting Becky's attention. Becky's paying attention to me. We're not having conversation. And then the communication started to get a little better. And, and, and I was taking now the kids to school. I was participating in everything that, need, that my children. I wasn't absent. I was there. I wanted to be a part of their life. Regardless of whether Becky was there, I wanted to be present as dad. And I got more involved with the kids. And, I was, and, and we were doing stuff together. And, and how many know that there's nothing more refreshing than to, um, you know, look outside of a window and see a father playing and having a good old time with the children. You can't put a price on that. And that it's it's wholesome, it's fun, it's beautiful. And I would see Becky with the, looking at me with the corner of her eye and, and I would go, you like that, huh? You like that, yeah. You like that. Well, I'm going to give you some more. I'm going to give you some more. Catch Adrian. And, like, ha, 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 ha. and we're all laughing. Really. You like that, Becky? You like it? Yeah. And then, and then, and then things started to change in our home. Things started to change in our home. The love that I had for my wife was a different love. I started to teach, I started to learn that my wife, I had to treat my wife the way that Jesus treats his church. Let me say that again. I had to learn to treat my wife the way Jesus treats his church. Okay? You get that? And 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 then my wife had to also learn that that the church doesn't treat Jesus. Horribly. You got that. It works the other way. There's works the other way. So we have to put that motto in there. Let me ask you guys this, and this is where we close today. I had a flood of questions. You know that. But it, it just um, what's your biggest takeaway from if we're talking about dads and we we're, we, we there's fathers out there that are listening. Um, what is your biggest takeaway from watching what happened in your dad's life? And now as you guys are adults, what is like? What's the biggest takeaway for you guys now that you guys are adults and you're a dad? And my biggest takeaway is that you always had the opportunity to turn things around, and and I've I've, I've can honestly say that I've I've been through that myself. 
as a husband, as a father, you always got an opportunity to turn things around. It's never too late. Did you get that? If you're there and you're listening, it's not too late. It was over 12 years for us. And, at tw and after 12 years, that's when it finally I said, something's got to change. And the change wasn't that I was leaving my wife, that I was going to dip out and, and bail out of my family, because that's easy to do. Listen, divorce, divorce is a very easy thing. Staying in marriage and working at marriage, making a marriage work, yes. very hard. Because you have to decide daily that you want to be married and that you want to be part of that relationship and that arrangement. Um, but I like that you said that you saw that there was hope, that there was an opportunity. There's the always payoff, an opportunity. It's, it's worth huh? it, man. Say I, it. Said, I said the payoff, it's worth it. The yeah. payoff is worth your it. Your kids when see everything. Hard. It's not just you and your wife or your significant other. Your, your kids yeah. see it. Your kids know. Yeah. So listen, that's going to be it for today. I'm not going to, I don't want to continue to belabor this because next month, all next month, all next month, all next month in July, when I'm going to be, we're going to be talking about family. We're going to talk about wives. We're going to talk about husbands. We're going to talk about dads and moms. And I want to talk to some of these kids because, you know, the disrespect in the homes today has escalated to a, a level where children now run the house. And regardless of whether there's a mom or a dad in the house, it, it, we need to teach children how scripture talks about honoring dad and honoring mom. So we also want to do a, a, a conversation where we are, we want to talk back to the kids. Um, but, but I want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you to make it a point. I know that July becomes the month where everybody is out there on Sundays on, at some part, barbecuing, whatever. But just try to take up an hour, hour and a half to come in and pause and spend this time as we want to have some serious dialogue, serious conversation, and be able to have it this way, not just me teaching and preaching, but to be able to have a conversation where we can kind of engage and talk back and forth and, um, and ask some hard questions and, and get, hopefully get some answers together. But we are blessed in this ministry to have amazing couple. Listen, in this ministry, we're so blessed to have amazing couple. And um, if you are a young couple, if you are a single male, a single female, I will tell you, tell you, take a moment, invite some of these couples to go out to lunch or dinner with you and ask questions. How did they meet? Where did they meet? How did they do it? And, um, and, and get connected. Don't run from wisdom. Young people, don't run from wisdom. Run to wisdom. Okay? All right. So um, can we say thank you to Alexis? And uh, thank you to Adrian. Uh, for those fathers that are watching online and, and we're listening, we didn't have this conversation so that I could be condescending and talk that. No, no. It was about, I wanted you to hear from, from, you know, adults themselves, children, and that there was a season in my life where God was present and there was another season in my life where God was absent. And he wasn't absent because um, he didn't want to be in my life. He was absent because I didn't want him in my life. And, and so I had to change that. And when that changed, that order changed, everything was in alignment. And um, let me tell you to, to what Adrian said at the end, it was so worth it. Listen, the latter years have been um, truly divine. And um, Becky and I are now celebrating this year 32 years of marriage. 30. 
two years of marriage. And I can tell you, I can tell you we're, we're living the best time of our life. We're living it now. And, um, and, and it's, it's um, many people wait um, for their children to grow up and out of their house so that they can get divorced. And it's, it's the, you know, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. But we want you to get to this time where um, the Clarks are now at the season, right? The, the Clarks can tell you it's, it's, a, it's a season where your kids are older and uh, we get to spend time together and it's just, it's fun. Yesterday, Becky and I, we just made decisions to just say, hey, you want to pick up and go? And like, we can do that. We can, we're, we're friends. We get into trouble together. We have fun together. And we still, listen, and every once in a while, we still have our little arguments. We do. We have our disagreements. Just now, we just minus the throwing, you know, pots around the house and breaking windows and, and huh? <laughs> no chanclas at each other and cursing and, you know, so God is in our home. And I wanted to share this because it doesn't have to be a mess in your home. Bring God into your home. Bring God into your home and you'll see. Dad, it'll change for you. Uh, it'll change for your children. And um, nothing blesses, blesses me more than to see the, the fruit of our labor, you know? When I get to see the grandkids and I, I see where they are, had we, Becky, left each other, God knows we would have never seen any of this. Um, and listen, you were all, all in what God's plan was for myself. So I don't know where you are as a broken husband, but listen, a whole church was birthed. A whole church has been birthed, listen, from the restoration of a, of a, a husband and a wife. Someone ask you to stand to your feet. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.